Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. I live by routines, but I especially love my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. And my shopper knows this about me. When Sunday rolls around and I place my weekly stock-up order, Joe sends texts from the aisles. Wilted lettuce? Nah, hard pass. Deal on my favorite sparkling water? Whew, grab two. Fresh flowers just because? Hmm, sounds like a delightful idea. If you love routines that work for you, get Shipped same-day delivery. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash hi. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me is a man that would like to remind us all that there's always something to be thankful for, and we are thankful for all of you. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain. I'd also like to remind you that the double champ apologizes to absolutely no one. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today we are drinking Shamhopne by the brilliant minds working hard over at the last days of Autumn Brewing Company in beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee. Garage grade, four out of five bottle caps. This is one of those experiments that just went totally right. This is a Belgian-style pale ale with Sierra and Mosaic hops. ABV, 5.5%. And this week's beer was brought to us by these crazy turkeys right here. First up, from the very mysterious parts unknown, we have Gene K., Hi, Gene. I I thought you were going to say the beer fun came from these crazy turds instead of turkeys. Next, let's go out east and give a long distance cheers to Max in Munich, Germany. And speaking of poopy, we have a big long distance shout out to Shoopy and Bizbang, Australia. And back to parts unknown in the old PU, we have Ashley P. <laughs> All these poop references on PU. And a big shout out to Stephen H. Next up, Victoria. And a big we like your jib to Violet. Violet, you're turning Violet. Next up, we have Dr. Fami Malik, who says he would donate more, but he's running out of hush money. And last but not least, we have Caitlin in Partyville, Wisconsin. Everyone we just named went to truecrimegarage.com and donated to this week's beer fund. And for that, we thank you. And for that, we're very thankful. And that is enough. Of the business. That's right, everybody. Gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime.
a beautiful young lady with a successful full life ahead of her and a young man who worked hard and loved his girl are going out together in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is not Chicago or New York where violent crime can be an everyday occurrence. This is Knoxville. And when a young couple goes out to dinner and a movie at a friend's house, what could possibly go so wrong? Unfortunately, this is a story about when pure evil randomly crossed paths with innocence. January 6th, 2007. Shannon Christian was 21 years old and a senior seeking a sociology major at the University of Tennessee. Christopher Newsom is 23 years old and was a 2002 graduate of Halls High School and a member of the Red Devils baseball team. The two were dating for about two months when they decided to go out that night. Christopher Newsom and Shannon Christian dined at a local restaurant and afterward, Shannon spoke briefly with her father and said she and Newsom were planning to visit a friend's house to watch a movie. Now let's go to 2316 Chipman Street, Knoxville, Tennessee, where resident 25-year-old Lamericus Davidson was broke and angry. His girlfriend Daphne Sutton recently left him. He had no car and he had no money. He is a robber, a thief, and a drug dealer. He spent six years of his life in prison, and in January of 2007, he was on parole for carjacking. Lamarcus goes by the name Marcus, and for the sake of simplicity, we will call him that. Marcus grew up poor in a house with four other children. Their mother was pregnant with her first baby, Marcus's older sister, when she was just 14. Most of the children had different fathers and different last names. Marcus's little brother, Latalvis Cobbins, 24 years old, came to Knoxville from Kentucky to stay with him. He brought along a friend, George Thomas, and a girlfriend, Vanessa Coleman. None of the three had jobs, money, or vehicles. Cobbins and Thomas were homeless. Let's listen to Latalvis as he tells us his version of events that took place between New Year's Eve and January 7th, 2007. On um, New Year's of 06, 07, me and my girlfriend and my best friend came down here to Knoxville to um, celebrate New Year's with my brother. This is the first New Year's that he's been out since we were young teenagers. And um, I haven't seen him in years. And he had went to the penitentiary for carjacking. So I hadn't seen him. And I just wanted to reunite with him and see how he was doing. I had previously came down um, two or three times before that. So um, when I came, when me, my girlfriend, my best friend, and his girlfriend came down here, we spent New Year's together. And Stacy Lawson, George's girlfriend, went back. And we stayed down here. I think it was the first New Year, I mean, the first um, weekend after New Year's, um, or Friday, I believe, or Friday or Thursday, my brother got into it with his girlfriend, Daphne, and um, he beat her up, and she, she left. 
Saturday afternoon, me and my girlfriend Vanessa was in the back room playing house, I should say, having sex or whatnot. So we get done, we go in the living room where G is watching a movie. It's getting dark. It's, it's getting around dark. My brother comes in and calls me into the living room, I mean into the into the kitchen and says, um, hey, you know this girl I've been telling you about that I want you to meet. We finna go over here and meet her. She got a cell for me or whatnot, so I want you to come and meet her. So I'm like, alright, but I can't how how I'ma leave, you know, and Vanessa's here, I can't just leave Vanessa like that. You're like, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to just tell her we going to the store. Just get your shoes and your coat and come on. So I said, all right. So um, he tells her we're going to the store. I get my coat. We leave. As we're walking out of the house, out of the yard, I notice E, every boy, his car is down the street, like two or three houses down the street. He said, E's going to take us over there. So we get in the car. As we get in the car, he and E, him, uh, my brother and E is telling me about this girl, how cute she is and how she get money. She's a hustler and they want me to meet her. And E says he's been knowing the girl for a while because he used to date her um, her cousin. That's how he know the girl. So I'm like, all right, all right. So as E's telling me about the girl, my brother is in the passenger seat and he's rolling up a wet blunt. Well... Let me explain what a wet blunt is. Um, it's when someone pulls embalming fluid on weed and let it dry and then roll it up in a blunt. So he's rolling up a wet blunt, but I didn't know it was a wet blunt at the time. So I'm just thinking it's a regular blunt. We, we smoke weed all the time. He uh, rolls up the blunt, he lights it, takes a few pulls off of it and passes it to me. I'm smoking as they're both telling me about this girl that they want me to meet. So I noticed the blunt tasted kind of funny, but I just thought it was the flavor of the cigar. I didn't think it, I didn't think nothing of it. So it's 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 around dark now. It's dark now, and we pull into some apartments. So we're riding around the apartments, and we we didn't roll around about twice. I'm like, what's what's going on? Why y'all riding around the apartments? So he's like, man, it's been a while since I've been to her to her crib. I gotta remember which one is her crib. Next thing I know, we pull he uh we pull back in a parking spot. He's like that that's her apartment right up there. We pull back, he puts the car in park, but he never turns the car off. He puts it in park, he looks at my brother, and they both jump out of the car. They run right in front of where we were just parked to this white SUV. I noticed um at the SUV it was a girl sitting in a driver's side and a guy standing at the driver's side of the door is open. And they're um, hugging or kissing or something. My brother and E, they carjack these people. And I get out of the car, man, what what, what y'all doing? What, what's going on? What y'all doing? They pull out. He said, man, follow us. I said, man, what are y'all doing? I'm finna go back to the house. I don't want nothing to do with it. Y'all tripping, man. Y'all tripping. He was like, man, we finna go back to the house. We going back to the house. Just follow us. You don't know where you're going. Just follow us. So I said, man... The two people that they just carjacked and kidnapped is Shannon Christian and Chris Newsom. Here's Shannon Christian's father, Gary Christian. To Shannon and Chris, that that chart carjacking went down. Boom. 
you, you come down your stairs and you go get in the car and you are cranking your car and your boyfriend gets inside the door there gonna get him a little sugar boom there's a gun in the back of your head and some big sucker gets in your forerunner and puts a gun on you just like that it's done So I get back in the car, I'm, and I'm not knowing what's, what to do, what's going on, so I'm not familiar with Knoxville. I'm saying, man, all right, I'm going to follow y'all. I'm going, we're going back to the house, right? He said, yeah, we're going to the house, just follow us. I follow them back to the house. They park, the house is here. The street goes down this way. They park in front of the house. I pass them in the white car and park like three houses down across from this girl named Rhonda Dukes who buys drugs from my brother. I park across the street from her house. I start walking back up towards the house. The white SUV is facing in the area that I'm coming from. I can tell that it's movement going on inside the truck, but it's dark and they don't have the light on inside the truck, so I don't know what's going on, but I can tell it's some movement going on. So I walk past the, the truck, goes into the, um, go into the yard, run up to the door. Boom, 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 beat on the door. Giov Giovanni, we call him G. Giovanni comes to the door, like, man, you beating like you the police. What's going on? What, what's up? He looked past me like, oh, that's a nice that's a nice truck, nice ride. Who, who ride that is? I said, man, you don't even want to know, man. These folks is tripping. He like, what you mean? I said, man, they just carjacked these people, man. They just carjacked these people, man. I don't know, man. They tripping, man. They tripping. I said, look, forget that. Just go and get your stuff. Get, get, get a few things. Man, we gotta get up out of here. I don't, this is not the place to be right now. We gotta get up out of here. What where, where Vanessa at? Man, she back there asleep. I said, man, all right, we gotta get up out of here. He's like, man, what happened? I said, man, it don't even matter what happened. We gotta get up out of here. So as I'm telling him all of that, my brother walks in with the girl. He, he got her by her arm, and he's put his hoodie over her, and the uh, the hood of the the hood is over her head. Her, her eyes are blindfolded with a um, bandana. He comes in, every boy comes in behind him, holding the guy. The girl has got a bandana around her eyes and her hands bound in front of her. He comes in with the guy holding his arm. I notice the guy has a bandana around his, around his eyes and his hands are tied behind him. So I look at George, I look back at them, and I nodded at George like, like go ahead and start getting your stuff. So my brother looked at me, then he looks at Eric, like, yeah, go ahead and do that. I said, man, y'all tripping, man. Dude, dude, what is y'all doing? Y'all tripping. He's like, man, whatever. So as E and the guy turns to leave out of the door, I leave out of the, that whole little scene happening in the little sunroom. So I leave out of there, going through the living room, through the kitchen, back to the back bedroom where me and Vanessa slept. I went back there to wake her up. George is uh, grabbing his things. I wake her up, man, Vanessa, wake up, um, get your stuff, get your clothes on, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta leave, we gotta get up out of here. She was like, baby, what's wrong, what, what's going on? I said, don't worry about that, just grab some of your stuff, we gotta get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? My brother and them, they tripping, they just done some shit, man, we just, just get your stuff together, and we got, don't let my brother know what you're doing, we gotta get up out of here. So, as I'm telling her this, my brother calls me to the living room. As I come in the living room, I notice the girl 
I come through the door of the living room. I notice the girl is sitting here against the wall with um, the hood is off of her now. I notice the blindfold is pulled down. And it's hanging around her neck. Um, the, the room, the living room was dark. The light was off. The only light in the in the bit in the the living room was the TV from um, the DVD, the, the blue light shining from the TV. So I couldn't really tell if her hands were still bound, but to me, I think they were. I think her hands were still bound. So I go into the living room. What's up? What, what's going on, man? You, you, what was good? You like, man? Go give me some water out of the uh, out of the kitchen. So I go get the water. I bring it back to him. I said, man, y'all tripping, man. Y'all tripping. He like, man, nah, don't, don't even worry about it. Don't worry. I said, man, y'all, come, come here. I got to talk to you, man. You tripping. He like, all right, hold on, hold on. So he gives the girl the water. She drinks it. Give him, give him the cup back. He gives me the cup. He said, hold on, just hold on. I go back into the kitchen, put the cup in the sink. Just just standing there like, man, it's, man, I don't know what's going on. They tripping. So as I'm standing there, I'm starting to feel the effects of that wet blunt, because I've never, I never did that. My brother have done it before. He tried to get me to do it. And I'm like, if it ain't regular weed, I don't want it. So, I'm, I'm starting to feel real ill, real sick. So then he comes into the kitchen. He's like, yeah, what's up? I said, man, y'all tripping, man. Man, what, what is you doing, man? Do you even know what you doing, man? Don't, man, you tripping? You like, nah, nah, I got this, man. I got this, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got this. I said, man, how you got it, man? You, you just contact these folks and brought them back to your crib, man. You, you tripping, man. That, that's dumb. That's dumb. That's stupid. You like, man, I, I got this, man. I, got. I said, man, look here. Don't have the police come looking for me over some stuff you done did, man. Don't know. He's like, man, I got, if the police do get involved, I'll take my charge. I done been to the penitentiary before. It ain't nothing. I'll take my charges. I said, you better. I said, man, and, and I think that's, that's real, that's real effed up about, you know what I mean? How y'all got me out there, man. Why you lie to me like that? He was like, Shh, I know if I told you what we was going to do, you wasn't going to come. So that's the only way I can get you out there to tell you nothing about the girl I've been telling you about. I said, man, that's, that's messed up, bro. I hope your brother do. You supposed to tell me, man, don't worry about it. I got this, man. You sound like a little girl. You want purses and makeup? I walked out, went back into the back bedroom where we were, um, George and Vanessa were. He goes back into his room. So I said, y'all, y'all ready? Y'all got y'all stuff together? He said, um, G said, man, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. So Vanessa, uh, Vanessa said, man, baby, what, what's going on? You, you don't look right. What's going on? I said, man, they gave me one of them wet blunts, and I, I don't feel good. I just want to get up out of here. So she said, what happened? I started telling her what happened, how they carjacked the people. So then my brother screamed, hey, hey, wrong. Hey, Ron, what y'all back there doing? Man, y'all making me paranoid. Matter of fact, all, everybody come in the living room. Everybody come in the living room. I look around at them. I say, man, come on, y'all. So we go in the living room. My brother comes out in the living room. What y'all back there doing? Y'all too quiet. Y'all too quiet. You know, I get paranoid when he get too quiet. What's going on? I said, man, shh. we be asking you what's going on. You the one tripping. You the one carjack these people. Nah, man, I told you I got this, man. Why, why you still tripping, man? I said, man, you tripping, man. You got, you got all us involved in this, man. You tripping. Man, look, man. I said, you know what? We finna go. We ain't got nothing to do with this. We finna go. You do, do what you do. We ain't, gonna, we ain't gonna tell on you, man. You gonna end up getting caught yourself. Nah, nah, 
Ain't nobody going nowhere. Ain't nobody going nowhere. What you mean? Ain't nobody going up. We finna go, dude. You ain't talking about nothing. We finna go. Nah, nah. He pulled his gun out of his pocket. He he didn't point it at nobody, but he just pulls it out. I'm like, dang, bro, you gon' you gonna kill me now? You 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 pulling your gun on me? You gonna kill me now? I'm your bro. You gonna kill me? Nah, I ain't gonna kill. I ain't gonna, but I'll shoot your ass, but I ain't, I ain't gonna kill. George, you know, I don't like you anyway. I'll shoot you. And Vanessa, don't make me shoot your little pretty butt. So I'm like, man, y'all, 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 y'all sit down, man. Y'all sit down. I ain't got no choice. You can pull your gun out and say, you gonna shoot people. I ain't got no choice but to sit down. He said, you damn right. So I sit down. He goes back into his, in his room. He gets on the phone. He's walking back and forth from his bedroom through the living room to the kitchen, back and forth to his bedroom. Me, um, Giovanni, we're sitting in the two chairs by the um, by the kitchen door. Vanessa, she's sitting on the floor crying, saying she don't know, she don't understand what's going on, sitting on the floor crying. I said, baby, it's gonna be all right. Stop crying, stop crying, it's gonna be all right. So my brother has a, a credit card in his hand. He's walking back and forth through the house with a credit card in his hand. G gets up, goes into the kitchen, sits at the table, start rolling a, a, a blunt of weed. Me and Vanessa goes into the kitchen and sit at the table. That's where we usually sit at and smoke weed, sit around the table and smoke weed. Vanessa said, here, baby, um, smoke this blunt, see if it'll make you feel better. Maybe it'll help you calm down. I said, nah, I, don't, I think it'll make it worse. She said, nah, just, just, just take a few pulls, just calm down. I said, all right, so I took a few pills off the, off the blunt, but it didn't do nothing to make me feel worse. So as we're in there smoking, my brother comes to the kitchen door. Oh, y'all ain't going to smoke with me? I can't, I can't hit the blunt? I can't hit the blunt? George handed him the blunt. He takes the blunt. He said, matter of fact, come here. I need to holler at you anyway. I look up. He said, not you. I'm talking to G. Come here, G. Let me holler at you right quick. G look at me. He gets up. They go into the living room. I can hear my brother saying, Look, you know I don't trust you, so you got to do something for me to trust you. You, you, you got to do something, to, you know what I mean, so I can trust you. got to earn my trust. Him and George had got into it previously about a few days before that, and um, he had pushed G up against the wall or whatnot, so I could tell G was kind of scared of him. G was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. So about five, ten minutes later, G... And um, my brother leave. While they're gone, the girl is still in my brother's room. Vanessa, Vanessa's um, she's telling me her stomach is hurting. So she she gets up and goes to the bathroom. Tell her that I'm finna go and check on the girl. As I, I go and check on the girl, ask her, is she okay? She said, ask me, could she get some water? I brought her some, some water out of the refrigerator. When I went into the room, she's laying on the air mattress with her hands bound over her head. She's laying on her back. Her hands are tied, still stopped tied like this, and, um, tied to a, a duffel bag full of free weights and books and stuff. Same thing with her with her feet. She her ankles are tied 
And um, it's tied to a, a, a duffel bag. It's, it's tied to a duffel bag with weights and books in it. I, un, I untied her hands. Well, I didn't untie her hands. I untied the the string that was going to the duffel bag. I untied it so she could sit up and drink the water. I gave her the water. She drank the water like that. She asked me what's going on. I said, I don't know. She asked me where her boyfriend is. I said, I don't know. She asked me because she smoked a cigarette. Her cigarettes and her purse were sitting on the bookshelf behind me. I could see um, a pack of red and white Marlboros uh, on the book stand. I said, I don't see why not. I took a cigarette out, lit it for her, and gave it to her. She asked me, why, why, why were we doing this? I told her, it's not me. I, I don't. It's not me. It's not me. I, I don't have anything to do with this. Matter of fact, we're being held here under against our will, just like you are. The only difference is that you're tied up and we're not. She started asking me. She started asking me, um, would I convince him to let her go? I said I'll try. She said, just please, uh, uh, just please. She said, please, can you can, can you just convince him to let me go? I said, I'll try. She said, I'll do, I'll do anything. Just please, just let me go. And she, she even offered oral sex. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime 
for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code True Crime Garage 50 at factormeals.com slash True Crime Garage 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
started giving me oral sex. She gave me oral sex. As um, I, as I started to ejaculate, I heard a noise outside, and I heard Vanessa flushing the toilet. So I got spooked. I jumped up, fixed my clothes. As I ejaculated, it got on her shirt and some on her pants. I fixed my, I fixed myself, I fixed my clothes. I put her back like I found her and went back into the living room and sat down. Vanessa came out of the bathroom. We sat there on the floor. I just sat there looking stupid. A few minutes later, Slim, my brother, George, both of them come back. They come back in. George was looking crazy. Brother came in, went back to his bedroom. George came in, went to the back, then sat back at the, t- at the kitchen table. Um, we sat back at the table. All three of us, me, George, and Vanessa, sat back at the table. About 15 to 30 minutes later, my brother came and got George, and they left again. This time, me and Vanessa just sat there in the living room. Just sat there. Just sat there looking stupid. So my brother and them, they come back. It's been about an hour and a half to two hours. The first time they left, they was only gone for like 45 minutes to an hour. This time they came back. It had been hour and a half to two hours. When they come back, they they both had on dark clothes. So you can't really tell what it is, but you can see a dark stain on, on George's clothes and dark stains on my brother's clothes. George went to the back and changed clothes. And um my brother changed clothes as well. Soon after that, Every boy came over. <laughs> Every boy came over, and um, my brother came out in the living room. They talked for a minute, and the both of them went back in his in his bedroom. A few minutes later, my brother comes out. Say, "All right, come on, I'll take you out of Vince's house." So we um we all go out and get into the SUV. ride. We go to the store first. My brother went and got some cigarettes and some cigars. And um, we go to some apartments. I said, man, what, what you doing? Thought you were taking us to Vince's house. He was like, yeah, I got to check on something right quick. Hold on, hold on. So he gets out, goes, knocks on the door. Some girl comes to the door. He talks to the girl for a minute. Then we get back in, he get back in the car and we all, we all go to Vince's crib. Vince wasn't there. So we all came back to the house. Every boy, he left the house. When he came back, he didn't have the guy with him. So I didn't know where the guy was. I didn't know what what happened to him. 
when we was younger, my brother would always tell me stories about how him and his friend carjacked somebody or whatever and took them to the ATM and um, made them withdraw money and left them tied up somewhere. But he never did nothing to them. So my assumption was they, they got the guy tied up somewhere, but I didn't think they, they did anything to him. Eric leaves the house. We all just sit there looking stupid. My brother goes back into his room. He um my brother keeps the back the back door. He got a deadbolt lock that you can only open with a key. He keeps that lock at all times. He got nails in the windows where you can open it, but it'll only open like that far. Me, George, and Vanessa went to the back room talking. In the back room or whatever. That's the end of Saturday night. Going into Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon. Pimping, the guy named Pimping that gets um, drugs from my brother. He came over to get some drugs from my brother, but... um, I don't know if he got any or not. He didn't come. He didn't. He didn't stay at the house long, so I don't think he got anything. Time goes past. Time goes past. Sunday night, my brother's girlfriend Daphne comes over. He's called her on the phone, and told her to come get her things. So she comes over. I didn't. I didn't really. I had forgot that she came over because I didn't really look up at her. I didn't I didn't speak to her or nothing like that. So I, I forgot she even came over. And what was the purpose in going back to the house? Uh, he said he had clothes to give me that he got for me, and I had makeup still in the house. Okay, so your your intention to go back to the house was to get clothes and makeup. Yes. When you pull up to the house, what do you see? Uh, I saw LaMarcus standing in, like, the sunroom, and the front door was open, and then we kept a blanket over the door going into the living room, to, and it was pulled back. you see anybody else? I saw LaTalvis sitting in a chair beside the kitchen door, and he really didn't speak to me. He just had his head down, twiddling his thumbs or something. He didn't speak, and he always spoke to me. Uh, so you go into the north bedroom? Yes. And why are you going in the north bedroom? To go into the bathroom to try to get my belongings. Okay. Where's Mr. Davis at when you try to go into the bedroom? He started following me through there, and I got to the bathroom door, and it was locked. And I asked him if Vanessa was in there. Okay. Can't tell us what he said, yeah. okay? But you try to get into the bathroom right here? Yeah, I assumed Vanessa was in there. I could hear water running, and it sounded like something fell into the sink or something, but I didn't hear anybody speak. And were you able to get into the bathroom? No. What did you do then? I tried to go around through the kitchen, through the other bedroom to go into the bathroom. And? And he grabbed me, wouldn't let me go back there. Okay. Where was Mr. Cobbins at? He was still sitting in the chair. When he prevented, when Mr. Davidson prevented you from going into the kitchen, what did you then do? Uh, We walked back towards the porch, and that's when he gave me the clothes. And what were they in? In a Sears bag. 
And he tried to give me money. I didn't take the money. And that's when I left. Okay. And the clothes that Mr. Davidson gave to you, you discovered once you opened up the Sears bag, they weren't new clothes. Correct. correct? Yes. And they certainly hadn't been purchased at West Town Mall that day or the day before, had they? No. And in fact, you now know they belonged to Miss Christian, don't you? Yes. So wherever that ring came from, Mr. Davidson was giving Miss Christian's property to you Sunday afternoon, January the 7th, 2007, correct? Yes. Sunday night, he um he brings the girl out of out of his room, and I noticed that she didn't have any clothes on from the waist down, no shoes on, no socks. He takes her into the kitchen. As he as he has her in the kitchen, me. And Vanessa and George, he make all of us come in the kitchen in the back um, utility room, make us stand there for a minute. So as we're all standing there, he um, puts his hand around, he puts his arm around the girl's neck, tries to kill her, tries to choke her. He lets her go when she falls. She falls to the floor. We're, we're, we're all thinking that he's he didn't he didn't kill that girl. I said, man, what are you doing, man? You tripping? So at this point, it wasn't even no talking to him. He was just, just like a madman. He was just crazy. So. I'm not knowing what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling bad because I didn't got, I didn't brought my my girlfriend and my best friend down here, and now we're all caught up in this this this, this madness. I don't want anything to happen to them. I don't want anything to happen to me either. So I didn't, I didn't do nothing to stop it. I didn't do anything to stop it. When she, when the girl was on the floor. My brother waved his gun at Vanessa, made her come and check the girl's pulse. And Vanessa said, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So then my brother gets mad, puts the gun to her head and says, you better know, you better check it and find out, you better know. So Vanessa starts crying. Just, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, I can't tell, I'm not a nurse, I don't know what to do, I don't know. He looked at me, I said, man, I'm not, I'm not doing nothing. You might as well shoot me right now, I'm not doing nothing. He said, man, what, what, what? He looks at me and then looks at Vanessa. And, man, well, get this bitch out of here then. Take her in the, in, in the other room. I said, man. So at that point, I'm like, okay, this, this is our chance. This is our chance to escape. We can get out of here. So I said, come on, George. We going to the living room. She said, nah, George, you stay in here. You, you stay in here with me. 
drugs. Man. So we went in the living room. I sat there. Vanessa's crying. I'm holding her, telling her to stop crying. My brother ties the girl up in a, in, in a fetal position. So, he ties the girl up. Ties the girl up, put her in the in, in, in the garbage can. Christopher Newsom's body was found by railroad tracks located near the Chipman Street house. There were three bullet wounds found on his body. On January 8, 2007, Shannon Christian's forerunner was located near the Chipman Street address by friends who were searching for the couple. Investigators with the Knoxville Police Department were able to process fingerprints found inside the forerunner. The prints were identified as belonging to Marcus Davidson. Further investigation revealed Davidson had a residence at 2316 Chipman Street. On January 9, 2007, entry was made to the Chipman Street house via a search warrant. And five minutes later, Shannon Christian's body was found in a trash can. This would ultimately lead to the arrest of five suspects in this case. The five arrested are George Thomas, Latalvis Cobbins, Marcus Davidson, Vanessa Coleman, and Eric Boyd. Ultimately, all five of these individuals would claim some form of involvement in the brutal rape, beatings, and torture of both of these individuals that lasted hours and, unfortunately, in Christian's case, days. They would all turn on each other. They would admit some involvement, but they all kind of removed themselves as being the ringleader or the one ultimately responsible for what happened to both of these individuals. And I know that we played Latalvis's version of the events for you. I want to be clear on something here. That is not exactly how this all went down. While he paints a nice picture of him not having a lot of involvement in this case, if you review the statements given by the other suspects, his involvement is heightened in all of those other statements. All the suspects were scheduled to be tried separately. On April 16th, 2008, Eric Boyd was found guilty in federal court of being an accessory to a fatal carjacking and for failure to report the location of a known fugitive. Boyd was the only suspect not charged with murder. He was sentenced to the maximum of 18 years in federal prison. He is incarcerated at a low-security federal prison in Mississippi. On August 25, 2009, Latalvis Cobbins was found guilty of the murders of Shannon Christian and Christopher Newsom. Cobbins faced the possibility of the death penalty because he was convicted of first-degree felony murder in the case of Christian. He was found guilty of facilitation of murder for Newsom. Cobbins was sentenced to life without parole. 
On October 28, 2009, Lamericus Davison was found guilty. The jurors unanimously found Davidson should receive the death penalty for his two first-degree felony murder charges and the two premeditated first-degree murders of Christian and Newsom. In June 2010, Davidson was sentenced to 80 years for other charges related to the murders. The date for his execution has not yet been set, but know this. Tennessee is pretty slow when it comes to killing those that deserve to die for their crimes. Billy Ray Eirich was the last person in Tennessee to be executed and spent 32 years on death row. The next man that is scheduled to die is David Earl Miller, who has been on death row waiting for the Reaper since 1982. His date with death is right around the corner, December 11th, 2018. So hopefully this is his last turkey dinner. On December 8, 2009, George Thomas was found guilty on multiple counts. The jury returned a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole on each of four capital convictions. The convictions of Boyd, Cobbins, Davidson, and Thomas left Vanessa Coleman as the last defendant to face trial. She was granted immunity by federal authorities for testimony in the federal case on the carjacking but the state courts ruled that the federal grant of immunity could not extend to the state charges on murder and rape. On May 13, 2010, Coleman was acquitted of first-degree murder but found guilty on lesser charges. On July 30th, she was sentenced to 53 years behind bars. In October of 2011, the presiding judge at the original trial, Richard Bumgardner, was disbarred after an investigation revealed that he had illegally purchased prescription pain pills from a convicted felon under his supervision. He had admitted to being addicted to drugs and was accused by a woman of trading legal favors for sex during breaks and court sessions. These actions were held to have impaired his ability to conduct trials during his final two years on the bench and compromised all trials he held during this time. In December of 2011, a judge John Blackwood ruled that Bumgarner was impaired and granted new trials to Davidson, Cobbins, Thomas, and Coleman. In May of 2012, the Tennessee Supreme Court vacated that ruling and allowed the original convictions to stand. Further legal maneuvering eventually resulted in retrials for Thomas and Coleman, but not for Cobbins and Davidson. Facing the same charges as in her first trial, on November 20, 2012, Vanessa Coleman was convicted by a jury of facilitation of aggravated kidnapping, rape, and murder of Shannon Christian, but not of Christopher Newsom. Blackwood sentenced Coleman to 35 years in prison. On February 1, 2013, minus credit for time already served, Vanessa Coleman, the only female charged and convicted in the crimes, is held at the Tennessee Prison for Women in Nashville. Coleman was eligible for parole in 2017, and her sentence is to end no later than 2042. In August 2014, the families of the victims were notified that with good behavior, Coleman's sentence could be reduced by 16 days per month of incarceration, making her eligible for parole consideration. At the hearing, Coleman was denied parole, and her next parole consideration date is set for December 2020. On May 17, 2013, the retrial of George Thomas ended in the verdict of guilty on all counts. He was resentenced to life in prison, but with the possibility of parole after 51 years. 
In June 2013, Judge Kurtz sentenced George Thomas to two life sentences for the murders and 25 years for the rapes. So to put it short and not so sweet, Thomas is serving 123 years to life. Eric Boyd was eligible for release in the year of 2022. But on March 20th, 2018, 11 years after the conclusion of the original litigation, a Knox County grand jury returned a 36-count indictment charging Eric Boyd with first-degree felony murder, first-degree premeditated murder, especially aggravated robbery, especially aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated rape. Boyd was transported from a federal correction institute and booked into Knox County Jail and held on $1 million bond. His new trial is scheduled to start on January 3rd, 2019, with motions hearings on December 5th, 2018. The house at 2316 Chipman Street was bought by Waste Connections, a national garbage collection company that had a depot on the next lot. Waste Connections demolished the house in October of 2008, and the house was replaced with a memorial dedicated to Newsom and Christian. In 2008, a golf tournament and memorial foundation were established in Shannon Christian's memory to provide a scholarship to the University of Tennessee. A Little League baseball tournament in Newsom's honor was held at the Halls Community Park in 2008 and 2009. A memorial scholarship is given annually in his name to a graduating Halls High School baseball player. We would like to thank everybody for joining us here in the garage and wish everybody a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. Yeah, even if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, like your country doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. You should start. You should celebrate it anyways. (laughs) Be like, I'm just sitting in the garage having a little turkey, a little beer with my good pals, Captain and the Nick. And if you want a little more Captain and the Nick, make sure you check out our full archive of True Crime Garage. It's available at the Stitcher app. And if you want to check out our premium show, Off the Record, well, guess what? You can listen for a free month by going to stitcherpremium.com slash truecrimegarage and use promo code garage. And I'm telling you, it's worth it. I mean, when we when we signed up to do the show, they said, it only has to be 10 minutes long every week. And we said, that's not long enough. That's right. That's what she said. So we made it longer. So it's it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. And uh can't thank you enough. We are very thankful for you listening this Thanksgiving season. And until next week, everybody out there, be good, be kind, and don't let it. you are bpm's high sweat dripping body moving tongue panting you're working hard real hard and you're thirsty you need vitamins nutrients for peak performance and energy and your plants do too Aw, let me just look at the little guy 
Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 